1: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
3: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And first, I'd like to welcome back the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain and hey. the true pride of Minnesota, Mr. Steve Adams. Gentlemen,
1: welcome back. Hey, greetings from wet L.A.
2: Great to be back on.
3: <laughs>
1: well, well, it's
3: time. I mean, we talked about this when we previewed the entire tournament, but now that the group stage is over and the round of 16 is set, here we are. It's a shame that David couldn't be here but because he, ha- he has to work,
4: but you know what? He's going to be on again soon. So, gentlemen, I can't stress to you enough how much of a shocker this tournament has already been. I mean, all we've gone
3: through so far is the group stage, but so many upsets. This may be the most surprising World Cup ever, at least the one I've seen.
1: No question. And, I mean, I've seen – World Cups with preliminary round play since 1982. So uh, there's none in living living memory that's been anything like this. And today, the last day of group play did not disappoint.
3: Well, Josh, what do you think so far?
2: I remember when we did the first show and a lot of us had disagreements on groups because A lot of these groups were very tightly packed, and I was thinking about specifically Group E because I had Germany and Spain going through, while Steve and David had Germany and Japan. I guess we were
3: both half right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy! I mean, I'm I'm I've, I've I've already got the. I mean, it's a laundry list, okay. You know, we, we, okay, well, Group B, uh, I mean, it, it was definitely like that, but, you know, we already go to Group C. I mean, Group C, I got this right. I knew that Mexico would, be, would not make it out because, like Alexi Laloz had said, the worst Mexican team that we have seen in a very long time, and we finally saw it. And out of the many things that went wrong for El Tri, the inability of scoring, of creating chances was their problem. We saw that in the first two games. We, But we saw, that we saw them be able to do that and convert against Saudi Arabia, but it was all too late.
1: It was really yep. too little too late. They basically played five incredibly forgettable halves of football. And then in their very last game, the second half against the Saudis, you know, the swashbuckling, damn the torpedoes, hide the women and kids, you know, Mexico— you know they were playing with their with their tails up, and it's like, where the hell was that? the entire tournament? Um, and uh, you know, Tata did not waste any time at all after the game was over and Mexico was eliminated, did not uh, waste any time telling the Mexican Federation uh, as well as the Mexican public. Okay, Adios, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I mean, yeah, just like that. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts, my friend? Yeah, I
2: I guess on that specifically, it looks like it was time for a change for Mexico. Time for a change in Belgium as well. That golden generation has come and gone. I was just thinking, who had the most disappointing performance in the group stage for me? It's got to be Qatar. I, ex- I didn't think they would advance, but I thought they would at least put up a fight, and they did not.
4: Ugh.
1: They were horrific. i I have to say, I was i thought I thought they would at least get a point out of this and maybe score Me too. goals. Uh, they were extremely disappointing. Um, Denmark, who a lot of people had as a dark horse pick to Me. make make final possibly win it uh Denmark was very disappointing Germany was was disappointing I mean anytime a team that has the players that Germany possesses and you don't get out of group play I mean that has to be nothing but uh but a colossal failure
2: um I guess it might depend on how you define disappointment because Denmark, yeah, they're disappointing relative to the expectation, but they at least looked competent. Meanwhile, Qatar just got outclassed totally, and Canada also did not have a very strong showing. Yeah,
1: Belgium, and it's funny too, because the first game when Canada played Belgium and the Canadians had thoroughly outplayed the Belgians. They did. The Belgians, the Belgians, you know, cashed in on their one opportunity, but then who realized that, you know, as the rest of the tournament would go on, that this Belgian side was just to say they were pedestrian would be an overstatement. And then Canada, their performances really, really deteriorated. Um, you know, word to international coaches, not a good idea to provide, uh, clipboard fodder like saying that you're going to fuck the other guys up um, like basically what he said before playing the really ring smart croatians and the croatians after getting behind early i mean they just absolutely fricasseed the the canadians for the rest of the game and and then everything the the house of cards totally collapsed against morocco and the canadians last game but canada did show some attacking flair um, I was a little disappointed with them, but I don't think I don't think there was. I mean, I, I don't think any of us really had Canada coming out of group play in that. But Belgium was definitely very disappointing when you look at the pedigree and the players that they had. Um, they were certainly disappointing as well. I mean, for me, in my
3: case, I mean, I had Canada as possibly as as the Cinderella team. I mean, I mean, I Alphonse- so Davies is, did become the first Canadian to score in a World Cup final, which is great. And, and I said this in the episode. I said maybe Canada needs to go through this so they can learn their lesson going to the World Cup four years from now because they're already in it. But, you know, you talk about, I mean, Germany. I mean, Den- see, Denmark, for me, I had Denmark as the ultimate dark horse, so I got to take responsibility for it. But, you know, a lot of a lot of people said, well, I mean, I didn- Denmark just crapped the bed. I mean, it was totally shocking. But, you know, but, but I kind of said, well, I mean, after that zero zero draw against Tunisia, I was like, yes, I just felt that something was not right. And then you, you go to Germany. I mean, Germany losing to Japan the way they did. Yeah, something. I knew that something was not right. And I knew that Japan, as you said, Steve, like Japan has their own brilliant, unique style of play that you do not see in Europe. I mean, for me to put a pro wrestling twist, like in Japan, there's a very unique pro wrestling style called Japanese Strong Style. So kind of incorporated Japan utilized their own strong style of soccer and that's a brilliant style that you do not see in in, in Europe. It's something you ne- nobody would even anticipate in Europe. Well, they beat Spain and Germany.
1: I mean, right? And they I won mean, the group for God's sake. They won the freaking group. I mean, at, at a certain point we have to, you know, we and you know, other soccer fans, we have to stop being surprised by Japan. Uh, I mean, Japan's legit. You know, they're, they are they're, they've got enough skill. They could win this thing. And also, too, mad props to the Asian Football Confederation. Three Asian teams make it into the round of the 16th for the first time
3: ever. South Yeah, South Korea w- w- was the uh, was another one. I mean, man, what a win
4: over Portugal and Australia. Wow. I mean, and go back to Belgium. I mean, I'll never forget when Kevin, what Kevin De
3: Bruyne said as far as winning it. He said, "Not a chance. We're too old." I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know what to say. As soon as I saw that, my jaw dropped. My eye. I was like, "This, this can't be for real. Did he really say that?" <laughs> but yeah, Josh, like you said, that Belgian gold, uh, golden generation. That's it. It's done. I mean. I mean, I swear to God, seeing Lukaku, who should have had a hat trick, him miss all three, especially that one that was this close, this close by a mere inches from getting in, and and the Croatian goalkeeper kept it out. I mean, I'll tell you, as soon as I saw that, you you guys know what I was worried about as far as Lukaku goes? What was that? I was worried about the racial abuse he was going to get on social media, because you do know that these players with these origins, if they don't do well, they're subjected to racial abuse. And that that's not cool, but we know it's going to happen. I mean, I mean,
1: it's one thing to abuse a guy for wasting several good chances at goal. But to make a racial thing out of it, you know, no, I mean, it's clearly ugly, it's wrong. I mean, question a guy's technique, professionalism, finishing quality, nerve in front of goal, what have you. But, you know, but I agree, you know, that is one of the... Unfortunate things that may very well happen um, in what could be the dark world of social media for Lukaku. I mean,
3: telling you when Morocco beat Belgium. I mean, I mean, see after that game, I was actually informed by my mom that people in Belgium were were so mad that they were setting cars on fire. I don't know if it's true or not because sometimes that does get exaggerated, but it wouldn't surprise me if people in Belgium were upset. I mean, that two nothing loss to Morocco. I mean, and and speaking of, I mean, speaking of Morocco, them, I mean, Japan, you think with Japan winning their group was one shocker, Morocco winning the other. I mean, oh my God. That was the biggest
1: shock of all for me, flat out, uh, because I think just about all of us had Morocco finishing fourth in the group. Uh, Uh, I I definitely had them third. Okay. Uh, I definitely had them finishing fourth, so I got to take responsibility. You know, I had, I had them finishing last in, in the group, um, but, uh, but you know, not only did they win the group, but they did it with style points. I mean, they looked so slick and savvy, and they were opportunistic against the Canadians in their last game. And, um, you know, it was kind of a good tournament for the Maghreb, you know, the, the northern area of Africa that is Morocco uh, and Tunisia. Tunisia getting a, a win against France. They didn't make it out of the group, but... For the, for the thousands of people with Tunisian DNA that live in France, you know, uh, it was a very, very happy day for them when they beat France the other day.
3: I mean, I was pre- – I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, Josh, you have to calm me down after this game because I was pretty – I mean, I was pretty upset. I was pretty angry because I was pretty – you see, like, when Deshaun made those nine changes – uh, and I, I just didn't understand. I mean, I get it. You rest a couple of the guys, but you know, I, I felt that Giroud probably should have started just so he can break that record, and then and then be pulled out. But France did not look good, so that's why I'm I'm so worried about you know going in going into into the knockout stage. But everybody's telling me I, I'm just overreacting. But I think
1: you're overreading. I think you're overreading it a little bit, Alex. I think just like you know the Brazilians losing to Cameroon today, in a in a match by the way that the Brazilians dominated and. You know, they made nine changes. They rested a bunch of their players. They lost. But, you know, look, they still won the group. In the two other games, you know, Brazil looked decent and solid. And, you know, that's a very formidable team. France is still a really formidable team. And, uh, you know, you give everybody a chance to play in the World Cup. You know, it was a nice luxury. Not all coaches have that. Um, I know that for the United States, for example, I mean, there's – there's more than a few guys that haven't had a chance to get out there and uh, you know we
3: we, we we definitely gotta talk about this yeah, guy. Talk about sure. that. And guys, when we talk about the US, you guys can let it all out. Whatever you wanna say about Burr Alter, whatever, you boys will have the floor. Let me tell you that right now. Well, should, should we should we should we get to the US? Or is anything anything else we should cover before
1: we get there? Now's as good a time as any to talk about the Yanks. Uh. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be time. honest.
3: You guys probably saw my tweets, especially you, Steve, about how I depicted the game between the U.S. and Iran—a little 1980s pro wrestling twist. You know, Hulk, Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik, and, and to be—and I'll be honest, I did look at the Iron Sheik's Twitter, you know, during that game, and it's just so funny seeing him cheer for the U.S. But, but I'll, I'll be honest, Iran. When I talk about this game, I mean, Iran had nothing to be ashamed of. They played their hearts out. They did. They played to the best of their ability. It's just unfortunate that their best wasn't enough. So, so, so Josh, let's start with you. Uh, you your thoughts uh on the U.S.'s campaign uh, in the group stage?
2: I've honestly been pleasantly surprised. I think that the U.S. has a very relentless young squad, and maybe what they it might be a little bit raw, but they just have so much energy to make up for it. Think about this. They did not allow a goal in three games from open play. The only goal they allowed was the penalty shot by Gareth Bale against Wales. And just, I remember at the end of that Iran game, just, it was a frenzy. It looked like Iran was going to break through, but the U.S. stood strong and kept the ball out of the net. Matt Turner has played really well so far. I'm Honestly, starting to believe a little bit in this U.S. team. Maybe not they go all the way, but they may not be done
1: after this weekend. All right. Okay. Steve? Well, you can't really badmouth a team that was undefeated in group play. And as Josh said, the only goal that they coughed up was off a penalty. Um, the game against Iran was just unbelievably high drama. And um, I think the thing that also impressed me so mo- so much with the Americas has been not only the play of uh, Tyler Adams, the captain, but also his demeanor and poise uh, in handling the media. I mean, before the United States played uh, the Iranians, an Iranian journalist was calling him out saying, oh, by the way, you're mispronouncing my country's name it's not iran it's iran and you know how do you feel as a black player playing for a country where black people are treated so poorly and he handled the answer with an unbelievable amount of poise you know thanking the journalist for correcting him and that he wouldn't make the mistake again of mispronouncing his country but also saying you know, look, we're, we're working on things here. And, um, I, I thought that he showed an, an incredible amount of poise that belied his 23 years. Uh, his parents have to be, just be really, really proud, but back to the game itself. Um, boy, we were sure hanging on at the end. I mean, the first half, the U S has looked really good in the first half of pretty much every game that they played. um, I mean, they they looked amazing as Wales in the first half. They were giving the English all they could handle in the first half, and I think my one complaint with Burhalter is I think somehow he doesn't necessarily get second half tactics right, and I think he waits way too long as far as uh, bringing in the substitutes. I mean, Pulisic in the Wales game was just dead at about sixty minutes. He should have been subbed out way sooner. The game against England, he waits until the 80th minute to bring Gio Reyna on to try to bring, you know, some level of offensive firepower to the American attack. And I think that's that game against England is, I think, I think that's a game that we could have won. But I think it became apparent at about the 70th minute that it seemed like both uh, Berhalter and Southgate would both be happy with the draw. Um That was a game I was watching at a bar in Fallbrook, California, and the English fans that were at the game or watching the game there, they were going nuts at how conservative Southgate's tactics were. So American fans aren't the only ones that like to beat up on their manager, but uh, I've been very impressed by uh, our poise, our discipline, um, I, I, I mean, our pace. It's like, my God. These kids, Dest has unbelievable pace. Tim Wea we've got guys who are phenomenal with the ball at their feet, who could take on a, a defender one on one on the dribble. You know, Dest can, Musa can. Um,
2: Anthony were- Robinson, he's I've been really impressed with Robinson at left back through the so far in this tournament. He really gets up the field quickly and creates a lot of chances. He's he was
1: he's been wonderful. I mean, it's kind of tough to pick, you know, an MVP so far in the first round. But uh, I mean, I would agree with you, Josh. I think Robinson, perhaps even right after Tyler Adams, may be the MVP of the first round. But uh, I have nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, well said. I'll I'll be honest. See, Josh, you and I spoke about this, and I'm pretty sure I'm the one who kind of made the case out of it because. Obviously, from a selfish perspective, I wanted I wanted Jesus Ferreira to get a, a bit of playing time because he represents FC Dallas, but not so much only as that, but, but he is pretty freaking good. So, <sighs> yeah, the whole thing with Reyna, I get it, the, the injuries and everything, but Reyna looked good to go, and, you know, the fact that he never even came in the game against Iran, I mean, honestly, I, I completely forgot about it because just how— crucial that game was between the 80th minute and stoppage time. I'm telling you, Iran just all of a sudden, and I hope I said it correctly. If if I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize. But when the Iranians just put up the pressure so much and just kept punching it and punching it and punching it, like at least twice they thought they were going to be awarded a penalty. I mean, mean, when the U.S., that last chance, when that defender just kicked the ball away, I mean, that that was it. I mean, so when I wrote an article and I said it on the show, the way the U.S. won this game is simple. They won it by surviving it, because you could tell every second of that game, if both teams were playing as if their life depended on it. Because you know, a, 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 a trip to the knockout stage means a lot, especially for the U.S. Because four years ago, they weren't even they weren't even part of this. And you know, and as far as Iran goes, Iran has never. They were close four years ago to making it out. They were close again. Iran's just been too unfortunate. They've never made it out of the group stage.
1: But um, the other thing, too, that made me very proud was the sportsmanship that uh, the Americans showed reaching out to the really distraught Iranians after the game. Um, Anthony Robinson, again, uh, uh, he had his Iranian opponent was just absolutely sobbing on his uh, shoulders. But the other thing I was looking up, too, we were talking about use of subs and everything. I mean, so far on the American roster, the only players who have not seen a minute in Qatar yet, Joe Scali, Ferreira, Luca De La Torre, Christian Roldan, Aaron Long, and backup goaltender Ethan Horvath. They, have, they haven't they have played. So, um, so he's been able to get quite a few players, at least a few minutes in this. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what type of lineup he he goes with. I think he'll probably go with pretty much the same starting lineup tomorrow against the Dutch that he's gone with so far. I don't really know any reason to, to change anything. I thought uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers against the uh, Iranians, I thought he played one hell of a game.
4: Absolutely. Yep. But, you know... So, I
1: think
3: uh, just to close out, uh, before we move on to, to talk about, to finish out with Group H, you know, there's one more thing I want to say but from France. You know, I'll be honest, seeing Kamavinga play at defense, that really did not go well. I mean, I know that sometimes, I mean, you know, Paval, we've seen him play at midfield, but for me, I, I think putting Kamavinga, you know, a player, you know, with that, ex- you know, with not as much experience, you know, only 20 years old, but, you know, super talented, but, I think putting him at, at, at a position of defense, I think, was kind of a bad idea. I think – I mean, he did play good. He, he's not – I mean, not the best. He got a bit overwhelmed. That's because it was his first ever start in a World Cup. So, obviously, he, it, it was, t- was going to be a challenge. But I think had Kamavinga playing at the midfield, I think things probably would have been a, been a bit better. But, you know, that, that's probably just my opinion because you guys know that, obviously, Kamavinga is a player, you know, I've, you know, I've had my eye on. I really feel like he's the future of the national team. I really have high hopes of the guy. He does have potential, and guys, you know, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen me kind of, you know, go out on a tirade of defending him because people will keep saying that when Real Madrid won the title, he did nothing. Obviously, if somebody says that, they obviously didn't watch the knockout stage. But I kind of, be- I honestly believe Kamavinga may have may make a difference for
4: France in the knockout stage, provided France actually does well.
2: Yeah, I think there's a good chance he will be. Obviously, he's really young. He's immensely talented, and you're correct. He was playing out of position at left back. But as I kind of said with you before the French game against Tunisia, France really didn't stand to gain much by winning this game. But yeah, it is still kind of strange that you'd throw in a guy out of position when you probably wouldn't use him in that role again. Right. It's strange, but, you know, in the end, the French just had to make it through, and they had like a 99.9% chance of finishing at the top of the group, because Australia, well, they tied them on points, as we knew they could, but yeah, they would have had to have made up a seven-goal difference, and they only made up two because of be- them beating Denmark 1-0 and
3: France losing 1-0. So. <laughs> In the 4-1 yeah. win, yeah, they Lund losing 4-1. Uh, Steve, anything you, want, anything you want to say about uh, Kamavinga?
1: He, he's a young talent, and he still has a really good upside. And like I said, I I think it's it's too easy to read too much into that loss against Tunisia. France can move on and I think Deshaun will have it ready to play.
3: Yeah, I think it's just it was just the attitude and the the harmony and everything that kind of worried me. But I but my friend, my you know, this you know, my friend who's obviously got way more courage than me, he has more optimism than France because he believes France will win it again, but we'll get to that in a bit. But guys, group H, obviously I got some explaining to do because I had no, I didn't think South South Korea would, would make out of it. I mean, South Korea beating Portugal, I mean that goal at the end. Oh, my God! but it's not only that but the drama after the end of your of Uruguay and Ghana. <laughs> man!
1: Well, this was the group I had wrong because I thought that Portuguese divas would blow up and make it like shades of France and South Africa in 2010. I was right about South Korea getting out of the group of. Uh, it, it just never ceases to amaze me how hard these guys play and they just give it their all, you know, for the entire 90 plus minutes, plus whatever, how much ungodly long stoppage time they're doing in the tournament. But this, but the South Koreans, they're just, they're so gutsy and they're fast. And, and San is a player who's just got mad skills, you know, that we see week in and week out with Tottenham and the EPL. But, um, but yeah, um, uh, but did not ex- did not expect to see Portugal lose their their last game today but you know they were able to hold things together enough to to win the group and I was wrong there I really thought that the Portuguese were going to implode in this tournament I mean I, I got to be honest I mean you know the
3: way you know that game against uh, Ghana I mean that kind of exposed a lot and that game against South Korea Yeah, I mean, it kind of sets one story, but Josh, I really want want to know what you think.
2: Yeah, Portugal has kind of had a strange group because after the first game against Ghana, you had the Ghana coach come out and say that the Ronaldo PK was a gift and all that. I just, I didn't agree with that. I thought it was legit, but... Then they came out, they beat Uruguay. I had Portugal winning the group. I think they have as talented of a team as they've had in a very long time. I still expect them to make a another fairly deep run, and their opponents coming up are somewhat favorable. If they gotta get past Switzerland and the Swiss are not a pushover. And then after that, they would play the winner of Spain and
3: Morocco, which all out to France, by the way. As far as Switzerland, all out to France.
2: But anyways, Spain—they're a team that can beat anyone and lose to anyone. It seems like just never know what you're gonna get out of them any given day. Morocco is just a team playing with house money. Nobody expected them to go this far. They could. Spring another upset, maybe two of them who knows
4: well we are we are in the round of sixteen. uh well,
3: guys, tomorrow morning, the Netherlands and the United States, and I'm gonna say it right off the bat. I honestly believe the USA has a good chance of winning.
1: Well, after everything that's happened in the first round here uh, of group play, I think everybody has. It has to feel like they have it. shot. Uh, I think even even the Socceroos against uh, Messi and Argentina. Uh, who thought that Australia, a team that had to win a playoff against Peru just to get to the World Cup, and then, you know, Josh used the term house money. Well, Australia's playing with house money, too, because nobody really expected the Socceroos to get out of of group play. So, I mean, both games tomorrow, you have very decided uh, underdogs against really strong favorites. The only rumor that I've heard with the Dutch is that it sounds like they've got a little bit of flu uh, going through the squad, which is not unlike what's been going on here in Southern California. But, um, I mean, I still think the Dutch, I think they just have too much quality. But do I think the U.S. has a shot? I'll tell you what, they were bossing England around for long stretches, of that game, and that was a team that uh, had a hell of a lot of talent on it, so if they could do that against the English, why not the Dutch?
4: Absolutely. Josh?
2: With the three games that the Dutch played, they did what they needed to do, it seemed like, but they weren't overly impressive, I didn't think. You know, they just sort of had you might say, workman-like performances against Qatar and against Senegal. And then uh, their game against Ecuador, toward the end, I thought they were going to lose. It looked like they were being outplayed by Ecuador. and The Dutch have also only allowed one goal to this point, but I think we can all agree that the U.S. will be
4: the best team that the dutch have seen so far i would agree with that i mean whatever it comes to the netherlands you know and steve you've said this many many times i mean the netherlands
3: they're arguably the best team that has never won the world cup because they've been there three they've been in the final three times and always you know and, and somehow unfortunately just never
1: could pull through they have such a strong pedigree, and for a small country, they produce so many top flight players that are playing in, like, the four major leagues in Europe. Um, I mean, people study the Dutch coaching methods, uh, Ajax, um, Ben Hall, the, the current manager. He's a very, very savvy guy. Um, so the Netherlands does have a problem in the past uh, where they sometimes they can kind of play down to the level of their opposition, and at times they've gotten bit in the ass doing that. But um, but I think the U.S. I think our team speed and pace I think we can actually match the Dutch. I'm really really curious to see how it goes with our with our midfield. I think the fit. I think at the end of the day it may come down to the finishers, and I mean the Dutch. I mean they can finish. Def- definitely. Well,
4: prediction for this one, to be honest, I got the, I, I got the U.S. You're picking the U.S.? I, 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 I have Christian Pulisic scoring a late game winner.
1: What about you, Josh?
4: You know,
2: I was looking at the eight round of 16 matches And I was thinking, which of the non-group winners have the best chance to go through? Because we know that we're going to see a couple non-group winners advance. I think Spain and the U.S. probably are the best. You could argue Switzerland after that. Decent chance. Croatia, too. I think this might be one-to-one go to PKs, but yeah, I'm feeling it. Give me the US.
1: Ah. Wow. I think the Dutch may just have just a little too much. I think the Dutch are gonna to have to work really hard tomorrow. And um I hope that this pick is about as accurate as some of the other picks I had uh last week. But anyway, I, I do pick the Dutch to win. I pick them to win uh two to one. All right. All right. The Socceroos versus
3: La
4: Albiceleste, Australia versus Argentina. Well, some people would ask, how 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 could you go against Lionel Messi and company on this one?
1: Well, I think they've already had their surprise of the tournament when the Saudis beat them early on. I think that uh, kind of like a cold slap in the face i think that is probably enough to give them some some focus because they sure looked a whole lot better in their matches after the loss to the saudis i think the australians are really going to make them work hard but i just think the argentines just have way too much skill for the soccer roos. i think the i think the argentines take this one three zip i
3: i agree but i'm gonna go argentina three to one i think australia will definitely get a goal but there's, there's no way they they can pick up the ball and run away with it. Argentina not the most talented but they they are disciplined so I mean yeah, I mean Australia will definitely put up a fight. I mean I I wouldn't be surprised if in the first 20 minutes of the game Australia was the stronger team and then all of a sudden Argentina comes out of nowhere then it's one then it's a one-sided game for the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, truly, I think Argentina's gotten their footing under them. I think this will be a blowout. I'm with three, maybe four to zero.
3: Okay. All right, right, well, Japan and Croatia. You know, Steve, I think we should start with you on this one.
1: Compelling matchup. I mean, let's not forget with Japan and their two victories against the Germans and the Spaniards. They had minimal ball possession in both of those matches. I think they had like 20% ball possession against the Spaniards. I mean, early in the first half, they weren't even getting a whip of the ball. It just seemed like the the Japanese were able to cash in on their chances, and they're so fast in the counterattack, and they're so slick. Um, I think this is the one of those matches where I think the – the group champion is going to lose. I think the Croatians, they're so savvy. Uh, Luka Modric is just a stud and he's such a phenomenal leader. And um, I think the Croatians have enough where I think they can overcome the Japanese. I think the Croatians win two to one.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, Josh.
2: I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to roll with Japan. I think memories of the 2018 round of 16 game where they lost to Belgium I think that's going to be motivating for this Japanese side and also Croatia didn't score against Belgium or Morocco they just don't seem to have that same type of quality they had in 2018. I just don't think that Croatia is going to be able to grind down this Japan team, and I think I'll go with the Japanese two to one.
3: You know what? I'm going to go. Jap- I'm going to go Japan as well because everything you said, Josh, is correct. And and again, Japan. I mean, it's hard to really fully explain the style that J- Japan utilizes. The only way to kind of see and understand it is just to simply watch. That's the only way to see it, and you know that it's a style that the, the style they use. You know you don't see it in Europe. It's not it, it's not even a European style. I mean, it's something that not even the Europeans could even even ever do. It, because you see, Steve, when you said that Japan is like the is the Brazil of Asia, I mean that's an. I mean, a lot of people argue. Some people say Australia is the best Asian team or South Korea. I mean, it, it's a, it's an open debate. But let's not forget, Japan have the most Asian Cup titles. I mean, Japan has dominated their continent, so. And, and their style and the style that they use, I mean, a lot of people have slept on it because it's not similar to what we see in Europe. I mean, everybody's always all over it. Like, Europe is the superior style of soccer, which it is. But you got to understand, the styles you see all over the world, it's something new. And, it's, and honestly, it's intriguing. And I think Japan is really going to teach us, teach us a lesson
4: that you should never, ever sleep on the tactics outside of the European continent. All right. Well, Brazil and South Korea. Well, uh, isn't that a rematch from the uh, 2002 semifinals? I believe you are correct. Well. Well, I mean,
3: obviously, South Korea knows what they're going up against. Right now, this is definitely like,
4: yeah, how do you go against Brazil? I have Brazil 3-0. to zero. Well, well, do we know if Neymar's playing in this game? He might be back. If he's playing, I think, well, even if he is, if he's not 100%, that's definitely going to affect the Brazilian attack. I do, but so I'm. But I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna stick with it. I, I have Brazil three to zero. All
1: right. Think, uh, what What about you, Steve? I think it should be a really interesting game. I I love the South Korean's heart that they play with, but I think, they just have so much skill. I think if I think if Neymar plays, I think I think Brazil wins four to one. Okay. You, Josh.
2: You know, it's really interesting that Brazil didn't allow a shot on goal until their game against Cameroon, and I know they were kind of playing a lot of reserves in this game. The Brazilian attack has been a little bit disappointing. I kept expecting they were just going to run some of those other teams completely off the pitch, but they didn't. They only scored three goals total in those three games. I think Brazil will win 3-1, to one, but it's going to be 2-1 for a while, and then Brazil gets a late one that kind of seals the deal. All
4: right. Oh, look at this. England versus Senegal. You know what, Steve? I think we should start with you.
1: Well, – Senegal getting out of group play without Sadio Mane being able to play with them this tournament, it's pretty, pretty big feat. Um, as far as England, which England will show up? Will it be the England that, you know, just ran rings around the Welsh and the, and the Iranians? Or will it be the ponderous deliberate playing afraid to lose type of game that they showed it against the Americans? Um, I think Senegal is going to let it all hang out. Uh, I think if I think if Southgate actually lets his players play, if he lets his horses run, I think England wins this game. But I think if he tries to make it into a slow, deliberate type of game, it gives a team like Senegal a chance, you know, to to score and, and make a game of it and get the the English psyche self-doubting again um i think england is gonna struggle in this i think england wins one zip okay josh
2: you know it's really interesting today declan rice said that teams should be afraid of england going forward and i'm just like why are you giving another team bulletin board material like that it's just not a good move, but that said, I think England has too much talent for Senegal to overcome, and I think they'll go through, maybe it'll be 2-0, to zero, but again, I see sort of a late goal making it look more lopsided than it actually
3: is. You know what, guys? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I have a feeling that Senegal is going to somehow, some way, pull off the miracle of the century. I mean, they're probably this. I feel like they're going to do something even bigger than what they did back in 2002 when they beat France. I think that they're going to beat England in a way that their win back in, in 2002 was almost absolutely nothing. I feel like Senegal is, is going to prove to be the Cinderella team of this, of this tournament. So I think, I think Senegal somehow finds a way if Senegal wins two to one.
4: And I'm talking I'm talking about England having to lead most of the game and then Sen and, and, and then Senegal rallies from behind. Well,
3: now we get well now we <laughs> now we get to really the game, that's for me. France versus
4: Poland. You know what, Josh? I, I'm gonna let you go first on this one.
2: Okay. So We know that the Polish have not done very well at Euro tournaments, and they didn't do well in the World Cup in 2018. They got through this time, and good for them. Glad Robert Lewandowski has gotten a chance to get to the knockout stage, and their goalie, I can't pronounce his name. I know he's played for Arsenal and Juventus. He had a heck of a group stage as well. I think Poles are a spirited group, but again, I just see too much talent for France, and I think Killian Mbappe is going to score another goal, and it might be the only one.
4: So you have France winning
2: 1-0? Yeah, I'll go with that.
1: Okay. Steve? So this is a replay of the third place game from the 82 World Cup um, that the Poles won, by the way. Um, I think France just has too much firepower for Poland. Um, I mean, I think the Poland goalkeeper is definitely one of the MVPs of the first round. I mean, not one, but two great penalty stops. Um, but... Boy, I'll tell you, at the very end, they were just hanging on by their fingernails to be able to prevent uh, the Argentines from getting another goal against them. The other day, they were really getting shredded. But I think I think France wins this one two zip. Yeah,
3: I'm gonna go two zip, and I believe Kylian Mbappe is gonna be the man. Of the- is is gonna be the man. That's all I can say. I think Kylian Mbappe is gonna be the difference maker, but. I'm still waiting for Olivier Giroud to score that one goal, so he, he become he, so he can become France's all-time leading scorer. But I just don't think it's going to be against Poland. But I got France winning 2-0, But I think for most of the game, Poland I and mean, Poland's just not going to go away. Uh, let me tell you that. I mean, France may win two to zero, but Poland's not going away.
4: All right, Morocco versus Spain. You know what, Steve? You can take this one.
1: Interesting. I mean, um, team, a country that was a former Spanish colony. Um, And these two have very, very uh, close relations, uh, not always friendly uh, over the years between Morocco and Spain. I think the Spain that played the first, you know, 20, 25 minutes against the Japanese where they just... We're not even giving the Japanese a whiff of the ball. um I think if this I think if the Spaniards could use that uh, youth that they have and their speed and their savvy and their ball control, I think they're I think they're a second place team from group play that could knock out a group winner. I think the Spaniards take the Moroccans out yeah. All
4: right,
1: Josh?
2: Like I said earlier about Spain, they're a team that can beat anyone, can lose to anyone. I think they're going to be the best team that Morocco has seen so far in this tournament. And we all know that Spain has a lot of young talent that is present, but also kind of uneven at times. So. I envision this be another two to one game, but I got Spain ultimately coming out another non-group winner that moves to the quarters. Okay.
3: Well, considering uh, you know Spain, uh, l- l- how they lost to Japan in that in that in that particular one, and Morocco. I mean, I might have gotten this wrong. Morocco actually did win the group stage before. This was back in 1986, I think, and I think in that game. In that particular uh, tournament, they they lost to West Germany like one zero I think in the round of sixteen, or something like that. But I think Morocco will will I say establish themselves as worthy opponents. But I'm just I'm just not sure if they can make it through. But then again, I had them finishing fourth and they won the group, so I can't really make I, I can't even make a solid prediction for Morocco. But I got Spain, but if Morocco somehow pulled it off, I don't I don't think it would be a surprise. I mean, Morocco's done nothing but prove me wrong so far. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again.
1: Well, I think a lot of the... Lo- it'll be pretty much essentially a home match for the Moroccans. You know, they'll be carrying the banner for uh, Arabic football. So, you know, I think it'll essentially be a very friendly environment for the Moroccans. I think that's the one thing even though Spanish fans have shown up in droves in good numbers, but uh, it's it's pretty much going to be a road game for the Spaniards against the Moroccans. I think that's the one cautionary thing I would probably throw out there in that game.
4: Yeah. All right. Portugal versus Switzerland. Well, Josh, you can take this one. All right. These are two teams
2: that bowed out in the round of 16 and 2018. Obviously, I had high expectations for Portugal coming into this tournament, but the Swiss are solid. They always are. And it won't be easy, but I think Portugal will ultimately advance. I'll go with one to zero.
1: Okay. Steve? Tell you what, Switzerland and Serbia today was—I think it was the game of the tournament so far. As far as just wire-to-wire excitement, um, those two have a little bit of history from Russia four years ago. Um, so I mean, it was—it wasn't just the 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 open play, but you know, at times it could get physical. And these are two countries, two teams that really don't like each other, and. Um, it was it was it was must see TV watching that game today. Um, underestimate the Swiss at your peril, as France found out in the last Euros. Uh, they've got some guys with mad skills. Uh, former Liverpool player Shakiri, he's having himself a really good World Cup. It's tough to go against Portugal with all the talent that they have at their disposal, and I mean they have a whole lot more than just Ronaldo. Uh, Mm -hmm. Um, is having himself a good tournament and, um, I think the Portuguese will, will take this one, but I think this one will be a a goal fest. I think the Portuguese take this one, three to two.
4: Well, that's very likely to happen.
3: Yeah, I think, I I definitely think it's going to be a a high score. Yeah. I I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow on that one. I, I think Portugal does take it three to two. So. But you know, Port- Portugal honestly, right now, could very likely make it to the final four. I mean, Portugal versus Spain in the quarterfinals will definitely be interesting. But I think Portugal definitely could make it as far as the final four. I mean, they haven't made it to the final Four since two thousand six. Last time they did, Ronaldo was was nothing but he was was just a young guy. I think nineteen was like twenty one years old.
1: But they made the semis back in two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a question for you guys. I mean, okay. other than the United States, of the of the teams that are left in the final sixteen, the Sweet Sixteen, if the U.S. can't win this thing, who is the country that you would most like to see lift this trophy? Well, I think you guys
3: know my answer Ooh. to that. If, if the United States is out, it would obviously. Uh, well, for me, uh, for me, would you ask me aside from France? For you,
1: okay. Aside from France and the U.S.,
3: okay. Well, I would say maybe Brazil, only because I'm a huge fan of Anthony and, and Vinny Jr. I would love to see them win the title. So I mean, so I mean, I, I <coughs> so if it was Brazil in the final, I'm not necessarily rooting for Brazil.
4: I'm rooting for Vinny and and, and certainly a couple of the players. So, yeah, So it, it would, probably, it would probably be Brazil.
1: Josh, what about you?
2: Hmm. I'm kind of torn on this one because with Portugal and Argentina, you could get Ronaldo and Messi. They could both win the World Cup. I would be fine with that. But there's a little part of me that just kind of wants to see – a team that is not in Europe or South America win the World Cup? I remember after the Euros last year, Alex and I had talked about it. We're like, which continent other than those two is going to have a team win the World Cup first? And so to see a team from Asia or even a team from Africa win it, I would be totally down with that. I think Japan... They're going to have to go against Brazil, but they probably have the most talent of the teams that are not from Europe or South America that remain. Morocco, who knows? They, I think they are capable of beating Spain, may even be capable of beating Portugal if they advance, but <laughs> yeah, I'd either be rooting for... One of those legends or for chaos?
1: For me personally, my pie in the sky would love to see. um, I'd love to see an African or Asian team lift this thing too. Um, I'd love to see Senegal win it all. That would be, that would probably be my first choice. Um, I've worked with more than a few uh, Senegalese people when I worked as a camp nurse at the Concordia French villages. Uh, we would have quite a few Africans who are counselors there, and the Senegalese counselors that I worked with, they were just awesome. They were just absolutely the most amazing, wonderful people. I'm a huge fan of Senegalese music. Um, I'm a huge fan of some of the players that have played for Senegal. Uh, Diouf, Sadio Mane, it's such, a, it's such a shame that he got injured and wasn't able to play in this tournament. But of the non-European, non-South American countries. Yeah, I would love to see either Senegal or Japan win this thing. Definitely. Uh, But before we go, uh,
3: I got to ask you, and I really got to ask you this on a personal basis, but can, can France really win it again? they got the talent. Because right now... Everybody else is saying that, that they're predicting France making it to the final, only to lose to to Argentina or Brazil. I mean, I'm telling you, if that were to happen, I'd I'd, I'd be devastated because you know, you know how you know what happens to me if France comes up short big time.
1: Well, if things go to plan, I think uh, you talk about must see TV—a quarterfinal potentially of England versus France. I mean, you talk about two countries that have had a dog and cat's love-hate relationship. For hundreds of years. Um, you know, even forget sport aside, I mean, just all that. Uh, France and England, I mean, that's aside from potentially Brazil playing Argentina in the semifinals, that to me may be the most compelling match to watch at this tournament if that were to come to pass. I think if France gets past England, I think they have a pretty good shot of of taking this thing, because whoever comes out of that that potential semifinal of Brazil versus Argentina, um, they're going to be, I think, emotionally and physically spent. So I mean, I think they could be right for the taking.
3: Definitely. You see that that right there. That's why a friend of mine believes France is going to win it. I mean, right now. Let me say this. If France does not make it to the I mean, if France doesn't make it to the Final Four, then the managerial change is gonna have to take place. I think honestly, even if France somehow wins it all, Deschamps should still step down because I think, you know, it would it's still even though he won, he would leave on a good on a good note, it would still be time to move on to somebody else. I mean you want won two I mean at that point, you won two titles, two world titles. I, I think I think it's time to let the, the legend take over to keep to keep the to keep the French dominance going.
1: Well, I think Deschamps is done. I mean, that's, you know, win, lose, or draw. This is going to be Deschamps' last uh, go-around at the helm of the French ship. Um, I mean, look how much he's aged in the last few years being the, the manager of France. I mean, he's not that old. I mean, he's only, I want to say, like 53 years old. And, you know, shit, the guy looks older than me. Uh, right. I mean the the pressures of the job and dealing with the media and prickly personalities and you know the pressure to win and all that. I mean it's kind of like being president of the, United, of the United States. That ages you too. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think this is Deshaun's last rodeo.
3: Yeah, and then Z. I mean, I'm telling you because when Z down takes over, I mean. He can handle the he can handle the pressure. I mean, I've I've already gone over it with Zidane. Like Zidane fears nobody. Not the French media, not the not, not the diva personalities of the players. I mean, he's gonna take over, and I mean the play the, the players are just gonna be like, Yeah, we got we gotta work or else we're or else we're or, or else he's gonna he's gonna so throw us out. I mean Zidane's yeah. not afraid to omit a to to omit a big player from the from the squad, so Zidane's just that guy, but but going back, I mean I, I really do want France to win it again. I think they definitely could, but the problem is I think the depth as well is, is a major issue. But but right now they gotta get through they gotta get through Poland. But and I think and I think they will. But I think we're in for an exciting round of sixteen. So uh, I mean tomorrow morning I gotta get up, watch this game before going to work before working another uh, nine hour shift. And again, you know I assured everybody, look I'll, I I will be working more. It might affect my schedule a little bit with, with podcasting, but I'm not quitting, guys. I'm only doing it because podcasting right now is not being close to paying my bills, and I I, I, I had to go back to work. And, and, and this is off topic, but guys, look, Ubering, pizza delivering is something I would stay away from. It's not fun. It's not worth it. It affects you. It, it does affect you mentally, physically, and everything like that.
1: Like, guys, what I'm saying is I've been through that. You don't want it. Believe me. On the bright side, being on the podcast is very cathartic because it it gives you a chance to be able to, you know, share points of view and talk about things and talk about different subjects and, you know, meet a lot of people. So, So I think this has been a great thing for you to do this podcast. And it's been wonderful to be able to join you and and josh and, and david on this uh, so it's 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 been nothing but fun i mean i'll be honest
3: this podcast is gonna go on uh, forever i'm never i'm never gonna quit I'm, I'm never gonna close it i mean podcasting's the only way an honest journalist can make it now let's be honest this is it especially the way uh the way i i, I tell like it is especially the way josh is i mean josh is not fiercely opinionated because we 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 give him that. I mean Josh is legitimate. you are legitimately fiercely opinionated, my friend. yep, not
2: afraid to be wrong,
3: especially on the Danes, <laughs> but but going with this World cup. so before I let you guys go, uh how would you describe uh, this World Cup so far like in in one in one or two
4: words? chaotic, okay? What about you, Josh?
3: Topsy-turvy. Okay, I'm going to go mysterious. I mean, number one, France. Fr- France so far has defied the curse, but we'll see. I mean, if France wins it all, that's definitely defying the curse. But right now, but my word so far is mysterious. I mean, again, I mean, why mysterious out of all the words? I mean, again, let's go through the laundry list of the, of the ones who did not make it out of the group: Uruguay, um, Belgium, Germany. Germany. I mean Denmark, Mexico, right? Qatar, the host country, two hundred, all the money that the
1: country spent, two hundred twenty billion. This is the most expensive World Cup ever, by the way. Yeah. By the way, on this, on the subject though, I would throw out to your listeners: if you get a chance to watch um, the Netflix miniseries FIFA Uncovered, I'm. Three episodes in, and um, if you're a soccer fan and you really want to be just absolutely disgusted by uh, very wealthy people in suits behaving badly, um, it's pretty compelling viewing. I would strongly recommend uh, watching that in between episodes of watching uh, Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman for your Mm -hmm. holiday fair.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I'm probably going to you know, edit this uh, and, and and then uh, probably watch one episode before going to bed. Well, gentlemen, anything else you guys want to throw?
2: Nope, that's all for me.
1: All right, Steve? Early start for me tomorrow. I got to be at a German restaurant at 6.30 for to get a table for that 7 o'clock kickoff time out here on the Pacific Coast.
3: Oh, yeah, it's a nine, nine, 9 o'clock here in, in Texas, but... Well, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much. And we're going to do this again soon once the round of 16 is over. And hopefully we'll be able to have David on the show.
2: My pleasure coming on. Thanks for inviting me on again. Have a great
1: weekend, everybody.
3: All right. See you all later.
0: Custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T dot com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.